The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. Hey everybody, it's summer. The temperature feels great. It reminds me of getting ready for Bourbon A and some training camp. 90s tomorrow, fellas. Welcome in. I'm Jeff Joniak with my broadcast partner Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM, the 85 Bear in Score Studio, and former Bears quarterback Jim Miller. I'm assuming in Michigan on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good evening, fellas. Tom, what's up, buddy? You know, it's paying attention to practice the last couple of days. It's nice that they were introduced to the heat and they just it didn't just, you know, put on them the first day they were out here because they were indoor practices for a couple of days and they got to come outdoors in some cooler weather and then being introduced to the heat. Because, you know, Jeff, there is a science behind it that they put a lot of time and effort in with Jen Gibson to make sure that they are properly fueled and properly hydrated because the worst thing you want to do is go over, go and overexpose someone to too many reps right now and take that chance of pulling a muscle that may linger into the training camp and stuff. So I think it's nice that they went from the cool weather to the hot weather and it didn't come all at once. And Jim, I think players want to feel some warmth. You know, the spring yep. was not great around here. Fat uh, guys and offensive linemen don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it feels now like a, a good Chicago summer. In my opinion, the most underrated city in America in the summer. We don't get much of it, but it's awesome. And, and to play a little football and run around in short pants, uh, not, not a bad thing. Over yeah, here at Hallis Hall. No, you're right. It, it is gorgeous, and obviously at Hallis Hall, where all these events take place, uh, it, it's just a beautiful atmosphere out there when you're when you're playing ball. And and you're right. You know, it, football's football. You got to adjust to all the elements. And at times, this has been a nasty spring now, in terms of getting out and doing the things you you need to get done. So they'll utilize all the all the. The equipment that they have, whether it's the indoor facility, if it's bad out uh, one day, but you know, getting out and getting lathered up, and I think the most important thing is getting to know your teammates. You know, getting to know, you know, for Trubisky to to learn everything he can about these new weapons. I was reading a, a great article today, getting to know, you know, Anthony Miller, the young receiver that that the Bears drafted, because you do, you got to know their their idiosyncrasies, their 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 mechanics, just how they how they break down, how they come out of routes, because every player is different, and he's going to have to know every player what they can and cannot do and that's the only way you can do that is going out and working with each other and getting to know one another and then certainly the communication talking to one another hey versus this coverage I'm expecting you to do this Anthony and here's the reason why and Anthony will give some feedback uh, to Mitchell and they're you know all at the same point they're learning an entirely new offense together and that's the main thing you're doing it together because it's all about being a football team at the end. Yeah, we're going to talk about wide receivers last week. Quarterbacks going to break down. There's 13 receivers on this team at the moment. So later on in the second half hour of our program, we're going to focus on the receivers and the depth chart there. And certainly Anthony Miller, watching him run off the line of scrimmage, he is uh, very explosive. Very explosive. I enjoyed watching him the other day. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Please be with you tonight until about 7 o'clock. And coming up around 6.30, we'll be joined by rookie outside linebacker Kylie Fitz. From the Utah program, he's an interesting candidate to be thrown in the mix there at outside linebacker against the run and also 
as a potential pass rusher as well. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff, fellas, but, you know, let's let's kind of go down the list. Tom, you opened it up by talking about injury a little bit, and that's the one thing you want to avoid here, and it sickens me when it happens in the offseason, but it does, and it happened in San Diego with Hunter Henry, fellas. He's out now with ACL tear, and there are injuries that pop up, surgeries for Zay Jones in Buffalo. It's the one thing you certainly don't want at training camp. You want to get out alive. But to have it in the offseason without pads and non-contact, that's when it really breaks your heart. Well, you know, they have to make sure that, you know, step one is done correctly, step two is done correctly, and step three. I mean, when they started their offseason program and they got introduced to a new weight coach and a new style of weightlifting, you know, you had to have time to get these players into the routine of what's expected out of them when they go into the weight room. And then being able to carry it onto the field where you just get to do some warm-up running and make sure you get all your muscles tuned up and lo- uh, that goes along with weightlifting and running in the same day and then carry it out into the field. And I do think you got to be sensible about it because you, we're all sitting here talking about how you don't have these players for a long period of time. So the time that you do have them, you better have your, your plan in place to make sure that you get the most out of these guys. Yeah. And I, I hate to say this, Jeff, and it <laughs> does. It, it stinks for Hunter Henry to go down. I think yeah. we all know he's a good, yuck, young, up-and-coming uh, tight end. You saw Paul Warlow go down with an ACL with the Philadelphia Eagles. But think about that, though, even for the Chargers. This is really the time. Now, now they know that they will not have him the rest of the year. They get the pick of the litter in free agents. They could bring back Antonio Gates. Julius Thomas is still out there. I just saw, I think, Mercedes Lewis just signed with the Green Bay Packers. But at least now, if they sign a tight end, say they sign Julius Thomas, who I think is probably the best tight end out there on the free agent market right now, this is the time to get him in there so Phillip Rivers and they can learn him and get him up to speed in terms of that tight end position. Or they could bring back Old Faithful and and Antonio Gates. (laughs) Certainly no Phillips, probably, you know, politicking for that. That guy scored a lot of touchdowns uh, together. But it's unfortunate, but like you said, at least now they can attack it and get the player that they want to bring in to sign and bring along for that football team. That is a silver lining when these things do happen. All right, now... Yesterday, the media, as they have in the in the Wednesdays during OTAs, and there'll be one more next week. They have an opportunity to talk to players and coaches, and we're going to go through some snippets from yesterday because I thought yesterday was a, a rewarding day for reporters' notebooks. Uh, not only did they get the chance to talk to offensive assistants and so forth, but got a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen, Mitchell Trubisky. Tariq Cohen is the guy that's most happy right now. He is bouncing off the wall because he knows he is going to get utilized in many, many different ways. He's going to be on the field a lot. He he described himself in a backyard football kind of situation. How would you describe your level of dangerousness in a backyard football mentality? Uh, On a scale of probably 1 to 10, the dangerous level is probably 12. You know, (laughs) because in backyard football, really anything goes. And it's really whoever gets tired first, that's what's going to lose. So, you know, you get in such good shape, you know, have us running pretty good out here. So I feel like, you know, I'm doing a good job. Well, and, and fellas, he doesn't get tired. And they keep a, a track of this for him. So he works as much as anybody did last season during practice. But he can take it. He is a well-built, smaller back. But, you and, know, the, the key here is he is he's part of a lot of weapons, you know, Jeff. You know, last year when he came burst on the scene and he came onto the field, there was such a high alert for Tariq Cohen that people almost stopped paying attention to anybody else because Tariq was on the field. So imagine if he attracts that type of attention and you got Taylor Gabriel on the line of scrimmage with Anthony Miller and with, you know, a couple of talented tight ends and you still have Jordan Howard. So – 
there are so many guys in the influence of this offense is going to be so overwhelming that it's going to be hard it's going to be challenging the defensive coaches on the sideline to get the messages of the players and how to focus who is the most you know who can hurt them the most at that point yeah and it, you know here he's he's a year two player now all right and uh you know, granted that the new offense and everything, it's it's foreign to him, but at least there's carryover, and he knows how to prepare himself. He knows he's going to punt return, kick return, all the different positions he's going to play, and he's just much more prepared for that going into year two. I remember when Alex Brown brought up the two-minute offense, and he said he wasn't diligent enough in the, in the playbook. Then he went to the coaches last year and said, hey, I finally know this position in the two-minute drill. You know, get me on the field. So he's much more advanced than I think anybody knows, and he's going to be a fine player for the Chicago Bears in 2018. That's Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access. We'll hear some comments from Mitchell Trubisky yesterday. He is looking more and more like the man you want at that quarterback position on and off the field and at the podium. We'll hear from him coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across this country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller, Tom Thayer here on Chicago's Sports Radio 670. The score until 7 o'clock tonight. Herb Lawrence and Michael Chen helping us out back in the score studios and spinning the dials as we spin towards the quarterback position, which we broke down last week on the show Mitchell Trubisky standing proud and tall and confident at the podium yesterday at Hallis Hall and really going into some detail on how things are unfolding for the offense and him in particular. Definitely sticking together as a team, playing together, playing hard, um, being obsessed, that uh, mantra that coach has brought into here, and uh, just working hard every day, just leading these guys out here. So just keeping everyone together. Uh, making sure everyone's buying into Coach's plan and just having fun and, and enjoying the game out here. Getting better every day, learning new offense, just grooving it and uh, making mistakes and trying not to make the same mistakes twice and just progressing every day. Just trying to come out here with energy and, and lead the guys out here. But we're having fun, we're competing, the defense is looking really good as well and uh, it's just great to come out here and compete every day against them because we're making both, each other better. On both sides. Everybody looking for leadership, right? So, fellas, the one key aspect of that soundbite right there that may have gone unnoticed, but he made a mention making sure everybody stays obsessed the coach's mantra trying to carry the the coach's message forward and that's exactly what you want from your quarterback but you know you know what i like when I was watching practice, Jeff, is the fact that Dave Ragone knows his role. Mark Helfridge understands his role, and Coach Matt Nagy, he's got the biggest role of all, but they're all focused on Mitchell Trubisky in a different way, shape, or form during the course of practice. And I like what I see about the fundamental approach that Coach Dave Ragone brings out there to practice. And then when you see the more team-oriented work, the relationship he has with Coach Helfrich, and obviously the offense is being run by Coach Nagy. And I think the combination of of Daniel here as a veteran quarterback, what it all means to Mitchell Trubisky and a really quality coach support system around him. I think that's going to benefit him as he approaches training camp. And you know, the obsessive side of it, I've always said this: you can't, you can really never get away with, get away, you know, from football, you know, because especially, you know, for quarterbacks, but I think it's true at every position, you got to eat, breathe and sleep it. You know, and here's a crucial time when you're you've got all this new install, all this new terminology, all these new uh, coaching points, and you do you have to be obsessive about it. it why? If you want to be good, that's what it takes. 
that's what it takes. And it, so it's not just the quarterback, you know, uh, and like you said, to make everybody else obsessive, you want the receivers or the defensive backs or the D linemen, whoever, they all should be obsessive about it because they're tired of losing. You got to want to win. And sometimes you got to, you got to put in all that extra work, all that extra effort. And then come game time, the game's easy. If you prepare and do everything else, the game becomes the easy part of your week if you prepare obsessively like Mitchell Trubisky's talking about. Hey, Jim, did coaches in your time, I don't care what level, did they ask you to carry the message specifically? Uh, did they ask you, hey, well, I need I, you I th- to do this for me? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think part, you know, by default, that position almost commands it. You know, you're a leader by default. I know, you know, some guys are more rah-rah and this and that and the other thing. I, th- I think we all understand that. you got to be true to what you are. But, yeah, I think your your coaches do – depend on you as a quarterback to be the quote-unquote coach on the field. You know, they, they do rely at that position uh, for that type of leadership and that type of message that they want sent. You're the quote-unquote face of the franchise. What do they want it to represent? They want it to re- represent everything good um, uh, about what your organization about and a winning organization at that. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's, you know, by default it, it happens just by the position alone. Hey, Tom, I've never asked you this question, and I've asked you plenty. You're probably sick of hearing me, right? But when you played, given your position and a team full of leaders on both sides of the ball and really, really extraordinary personalities, how did you take on that responsibility? Because that's also a natural-born aspect of being an offensive lineman. As a group, you guys lead, but how did you personally lead or try to, whether verbally or just by your actions? All I wanted to do was be accepted by Coach Ditka and Coach Dick Stanfeld. My position coach was a great player himself. If he found approval in what you were trying to do, you know, you really felt a sense of accomplishment there. A Hall of Famer is telling you, yeah, you did a good job here, or this is how I want it done, and you're doing it according to our plan. And then... You know, the the head man, you know, he's one of the toughest, he has one of the toughest reputations in the history of the league. So at that point, toughness meant something. So if you could get the approval, if you could come there every day to practice, you were doing exactly what Coach Ditka and Dick Stanfield expected of us as offensive linemen. And that was the goal. If you were pleasing those two guys as strict as their evaluation was, you were doing something right. But, but again, what did you do in the locker room? Yeah. You know, just just showed up every day. You know, that's the thing about it is, you know, you just lead by example. And, you know, you got to be the first one in the weight room. you got to be the first one in the locker room. You don't have to be, but that's the way I always approached it. And I <laughs> hey, like Jim, he still yeah. thinks like that. He's troubled. Yeah. I know. Well, it, is, it never that, that, that never leaves you, Jim. In preparation, yeah. you as a player, it still continues in your career today. Well, like Tom says, I mean, you can't fake it. Your, your teammates know. You know, they know who's working hard. They know who's not. You know, so it's just it's not something that uh, can be fake and all that stuff has to be earned. And and certainly, like you said, what what do you, the question that you asked, Jeff, is what do you try and do? You, you try to be a good teammate. You work hard. You compete. You make your teams, your teammates better. You pick them up when they're down. Maybe they had a bad day out at practice. Hey, man, it's, it's all good. We, we got another opportunity tomorrow to, to get it right. You know, what I mean, that's. Because that's what it's about. It's the ultimate team sport. And I think your your teammates know. And I, I don't know about you, Tom, and I always felt this. Like, 
again, I go back to that 2001 team, and that started with OTAs. I knew going to training camp we were going to be a really good team. From other teams that I've been on with the Steelers that have been to the playoffs every year, and I knew that team. I said, this team has a chance. Guys got along. They worked extremely hard. We had a great offseason. It was was just important to everybody, and you could just sense it. This team has got a chance, and I think you you, you normally can tell that as a teammate and you know I don't know about you Tom you probably felt great about those teams even though you had a lot of characters everybody worked their ass off and you guys knew you were tough and you knew you're probably going to be pretty good but you know at, what I, at the I, end of the day Jim walking in the first day I was scared to death because the Bears had just gone to the NFC championship game and they had all the players coming back and you know if, making the football team was such a high priority in my life that it, you know you kind of put everything else on hold and it meant that much to me so it, it wasn't easy training camp was tough and but you kind of um respected the opportunity to go out there every day and, and compete and you just you know you, you know you, you hope for the best in terms of trying to make a football team that just went to the NFC Championship Jim game. Miller Tom there Jeff Joniak and, and fellas uh, and Jim you haven't had the opportunity yet but we will see you around training camp, the word that just keeps popping in my head as I watch practice, Tom, they're having fun. They're having fun. This group is having fun. They're younger. They're faster. They think they're better. And the coaching staff is new, and so you can push more buttons at this point. You're learning all together, coaches and players. It's a real good vibe right now at Hallis. So we'll talk more about that and hear from Mark Helfrich, the Bears offensive coordinator, And what I've been calling a cautionary tale from head coach Matt Nagy about the offense. It's all coming up next. And your phone calls at 312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Sign your child up for a fun, non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp. Brought to you by Gatorade and Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. Jeff Joniak with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer on Chicago's Sports Radio 670. The score. Hope you've enjoyed your day and enjoying a great evening with you until 7 o'clock tonight. In our next segment, just about 6.30, we'll be joined by Bears rookie sixth-rounder Kylie Fitz out of Utah, the outside linebacker. Uh, we'll get to know the 6'4", 260-pounder from San Bernardino, California. Uh, fellas, Mark Helfrich was able to get to the podium yesterday. Uh, the former Oregon head coach certainly knows offense. His teams were explosive and always have been, and now he's learning what is being called the Chicago Bears offense. It's not KC. It's not Philadelphia. It's the Bears offense, and all its intricacies are going to be learned as we go forward here. I can't wait to training camp, and I know they can't either. Uh, But yesterday, asked about what he likes right now about his starting quarterback. I I really like his mindset. You know, he's a very competitive guy. Um, He knows what he he knows, knows, and he he, he is free to admit and, and talk about and ask what he doesn't. And that's that's not always the case with with some guys, you know, whether that's a pride thing or, or whatever. But he's been very coachable. I think Dave Grohn's done an awesome job of, of prepping him each day, and and we we uh, I think we all we all see through his eyes on a lot of things and and through his brain. And from a coaching perspective, tell me what he means when he says that. As coaches, they see the game through his eyes. Well, I think you know why he makes the decisions that he makes. You know, maybe on a, on a certain coverage, maybe the technique of a corner and, and maybe say on, on a cover two, he should have went to the corner route. Uh, but instead, uh, since it was an off coverage by the corner, maybe it was a soft two, why he chose the, the hitch route up front. You know, what he's 
looking at to to make the decisions that he's making. It could be the box numbers on uh, a check with me. Maybe it's a, a gray area play where uh, maybe he, he checked the wrong play because of the, the box numbers uh, on a run play, and then they say, hey, if it's a gray area like that, we want you to do this, and here's the reason why. You know, or or he or or say Mitchell will ask the coach. Well, coach, is that safety in the box or is he out? How do you want me to treat this? What what play should I check to if this happens in a game? You know, so all those things like they have to be covered. And there's a there's a back and forth and there's an exchange. And I, and I do believe that. I think Mark Helfrich. I, I got to believe Mitchell is a very coachable player. I think he soaks up everything like a sponge because you could even evaluate that last year. He very rarely. As a rookie, especially with limited starts coming out of college, he very rarely made the same mistake twice. You know, I I was very impressed with that uh, from Mitchell Trubisky. So he is a a fast learner, and they probably can go at an accelerated rate with him, but they still have to be aware of the other players that they're introducing this new offense to. So, you know, and they watch a lot of tape, and and I'm sure a lot of ways that Mitchell's learning because it's just a constant from the time he walks in that door from the first meeting till the last snap of practice or the last meeting of the day. I mean, it's just constant learning because he's still only a second-year quarterback that has uh, has much to learn uh, in the NFL. It just doesn't happen overnight. You know, you know, one of the things that I took from the podium, uh, both both Mitchell Trubisky and Coach Helfrich, is um, Mitchell Trubisky said, I, I like that the tempo he expects me to play at because we have a, he understands the tempo as offense from his college days. And I think when you have a guy like Mark Helfrich who comes from an offense like Oregon that really runs a lot of plays, you have to have a quarterback that can yeah. absorb that type of knowledge at the rate you expect him to use it at, at this level. But then Helfrich also says he, he keeps, he, Mitchell Trubisky keeps everybody involved in the offense. And I think that's a key element. And here, when you look at the weapons they brought in here, the quickness to this offense, the pace they can run it, you may have to make sure that you don't become single-minded and, and make sure everybody gets their opportunities beyond the line of scrimmage and in front of it. No, you get your favorites, right, as a quarterback. And, yeah, and, but, it, you and know. It's a, it's a, no, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Because right, correct. It, it's well, your default. Like, how many times have you and I watched practice over the last 18, 22 years We've been together and we say, you know, you know, take a chance here or, or you know, eyes downfield or you may whatever quarterback it was, you know, the frustration level of, of not using every blade of grass. And I, I do believe this offense and correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to use every blade of grass. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And the thing is, you get, you just get a set. It's not it's not a stale offense. You know, it's it's last year. It, it got stale. You know, when you're doing kind of the, the same things or what Tom said, you're letting the defense dictate to you when you want to be the ones to dictate to them. The Bears will have the ability to do that this year. Okay, we're going to take a break. That's Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access. Coming up next, Kylie Fitz, rookie outside linebacker from Utah, joins us on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, you can run the best 5K course in the city at the PNC Chicago Bears 5K and cross the finish line on the field at Soldier Field. Race is coming up Saturday, June 23rd. You can register right now at chicagobears.com slash 5K. With Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak on Chicago's Sports Radio 670, The Score, with you until 7 o'clock. And kind enough to join us tonight after another hard day of the office, the Bears' sixth-round draft choice out of Utah, Kylie Fitz, joining the program. Kylie, good evening. How are you feeling, man? How's things going? 
I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, feeling really good. Uh, just finished the last day of uh, OTAs for the week, so we got a nice little uh, weekend off. So I'm feeling good. Right, Memorial Day coming up too, so a four-day break for you guys, and then uh, just another week of OTAs, and then you got a, a mini camp, and then time to digest it all. And I guess that's a good place to start because you're learning a lot, whether it be adjustments on technique, foot footwork, hand placement, and then certainly the defensive playbook. How has how that gone for you, and how different is it for you from what you did at Utah? Yeah, it's really good. It's going really good. Um, it's uh, a little bit different than Utah. Utah, we were a four-down scheme with a hand in the ground, rushing a lot. We did a little bit of dropping back, but um, a, lot, a little bit different with uh, this 3-4 three, three, scheme, playing the outside backer. So, like you said, I'm just trying to get adjusted to the, the new scheme, the new techniques, um, coaching style. So, uh, I feel like it's going really good. I feel like I'm, I'm picking it up good, and, and um, I'm excited for this defense. You know, we got exposed to a lot of information these days on the internet about all these young college kids coming into the draft. And I don't think I've ever read more glowing remarks about a a player's technique and his ability to succeed at the next level if you stay healthy. You know, there's a couple guys in the past. Curtis Martin sprained his ankle his senior year in college, played two games, went on to become a Hall of Famer. Richard Dent drafted in the eighth round, went for the Bears as a defensive end, went on to be a Hall of Famer. How are you going to leave those injuries in your past and capitalize on the ability that I read about you as glowing as anybody from the first or third round? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of putting it behind me. It's behind me. I think it's just a run of bad luck because a couple um, injuries, a couple of sprains, and I believe I got it out the way, and now I'm just kind of just focusing on uh, staying consistent, taking care of my body, um, looking – Looking after my nutrition, getting the right, the proper treatment, and all that needed, so I could I could stay healthy and stay out on that field, and, and prove to everyone that that when I'm healthy, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be one of the biggest steals of the draft. So I'm just looking forward to just proving myself uh, this this upcoming year. Hey, Kylie, Jim Miller here. Welcome to Chicago. And what you know when you're converting from defensive end to, to stand up linebacker, what? What's been the toughest thing for you? Is it the spot drops in coverage? Maybe, maybe give the listeners some of the details of playing from a two point rather than than putting your hand in the dirt, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I would say just dropping back, um, um, trying to just understand the schemes on who I'm trying to drop off, um, and then just trying to understand the playbook because the playbook is so many plays and so many different adjustments that happen throughout the play when you get motions and and different things like that. So it's just trying to like. Learn on the fly while you're, while you're going at well, it. So let me follow um, up. Then what? Let me follow up. What's the best way for you to learn? Is it watching tape? Is it in the playbook? Uh, seeing the play? Is it um, you know? Is it on a chalkboard? Well, what for you do you find the the most beneficial and, and the quickest way to learn from your standpoint? Yeah, I would, I would say just writing it up on the board. Um, Coach Staley does a great job whenever he throws a new play. He's always. Um, writing on the board, and we got like, a lot of good technology in that in that facility that we're able to write on um, on this, this digital board that has already the plays on it. So um, he's been doing a really good job teaching the new install, and uh, I feel like I'm picking it up pretty good. Kylie Fitz, our guest, the Bears' sixth round draft choice from San Bernardino, California. You're a California kid, and you were heavily recruited. I know you've you've touched on this when you've. Uh, first we're introduced to the Bears media and, and trying to get your background and so forth. But uh, one of the top 10 defensive ends in the nation coming out of high school, and you had 
really your pick of the litter. Uh, you, you take a look at, at some of the places that uh, you committed to USC. You changed to UCLA for one year, and then you transferred to Utah. What, what was that process like for you to be known at that level as one of the top kids coming into college football? And because of the injuries, you know, you're a sixth-round pick more, more to the story. Is it still aggravates you a little bit because you, you have all this great potential? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people would get aggravated, but I just think everything happens for a reason, and um, whatever happened in the past, it happened, and it all led to me being here, and it's just a blessing to be here, blessed to be a drafted, and drafted first of all, and then also just to be with the, the Chicago Bears, which is such a great organization. So, I mean, like I said, everything happens for a reason, and it all led to here, and I'm just blessed to be here. Hey Kylie, thirty-one reps at two twenty-five at the combine—that's a—that's a big number. But do you have to change your body structure at all from being a, a defensive end in college now to being more of a, a, a two a two-point stance stand-up type of football player? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been talking with Coach Staley because I kind of wanted to understand what he wanted for me with my body structure, and he said, right, right, "I'm at like two sixty right now, and that's exactly where he wants me." So I feel like. I have the size to uh, handle the the big def- or big offensive tackles that I'm be going against, and I also have the speed to drop back in the coverage and and to cover a lot of these tight ends and wide receivers. So um, I think right now I, I'm my body weight and size is is uh, what they're looking for. Well, from from your standpoint, because now it's a job, right? And no school gets in the way, and obviously the the classroom is uh, uh, learning, like you said, whether it's on the chalkboard or or watching the tape. And just touch on that, uh, and you know, and how do you prepare yourself to to play? Because certainly, the more prepared you are, um, it's going to reflect on, on Sundays. And just talk about being a pro, being a true pro, and being a professional, because that's what is called for now in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, sir. Uh, it's all about just dedicated. Um, dedication. So I've been pretty much dedicating, dedicating my life to the the game of football right now. The past pretty much the past um, six months, dedicating myself to training every day, staying consistent, um, work ethic, and that's that's all just being a professional. And then now um, it's just a job. So it's continuing to every day come out and show your best abilities, dedicating yourself to to staying in your playbook, watching film, taking care of your body. It's a it's it's a it's a hard process, and not not a lot of people could do it. But um, if you if you're going to be successful in this business, it's that's what it's going to take. Kylie Fitz, our guest, the six four, two hundred sixty three pound. Well, now he says two sixty uh, outside linebacker who played defensive end in college uh, is our guest right now on Bears All Access. You mentioned something, and it, it, it really sparked the conversation I had before you joined us about the love of the game and how passionate you are about it, but. How much fun it is to be out there right now watching these guys. Um, it's not always uh, like that every year. You're in it now, and you're just getting to know everybody. Tell us from an inside perspective what this team is like. It's a younger team than we've seen in the past few years. It just seems to me, observing practice and with Tom saying the same thing, it's it's a bunch of guys just having fun. What's, what's your uh, thought on that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, coming into it, I was a little nervous. I wasn't sure how that transition was going to be kind of going from a college um, team to an NFL team and how, cause you got a lot, a lot of older guys and, uh, but it's been, it's been awesome. They, they kind of brought me in and I've talked to almost every single day on the team and, and they're all really, 
really nice, uh, really good teammates, um, especially in, the, in our position group and uh, on the defensive side. They're constantly helping me, um, showing me around, showing what, what, what I could do, what I could do to get better, um, taking advice from pretty much all, all the vets that have been through it. And uh, so it's, it's a, a really good team, and I'm just excited for this team for the, this season. You know, last year in the draft class, um, Trey Cohen was kind of like the spark plug of that whole draft class. Have you identified the guy within your draft class who's going to be that spark plug? And are you guys still dressing in the dungeon downstairs until you earn your way up into the locker room? Yeah, yeah, we're still in the little dungeon downstairs. Very so good. It's all, yeah, it's, the whole draft class is down there. But honestly, I think all of us, every draft pick, um, watching OTAs, all of us have been having really good practices. You can see that this is going to be a really good draft class and a class that would definitely be able to help out um, this team this year. Well, dude, don't get scared now. You haven't <laughs> put on the pads yet. You know what I'm saying? That's the day to get yeah. nervous, right, Kylie? Yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. It, well, it's funny because that, that's kind of the day, at least for me, when I, why I arrived to the Steelers. They threw me in with the ones and we were in pads, and it, it kind of sinks into you at that point that, hey, this is this is what you're about to do. Maybe just touch on that, looking forward to your first training camp. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be nice putting on the pads finally and not having to um, kind of stay away from the bull rush and the, and the contact and stuff. So I'm looking forward to the first day of training camp. Um, it's going to be a good process, good transition. Um, just looking forward to getting to know my teammates more, getting the, in the playbook more, um, getting more reps I'm starting to understand so I can understand the defense better and uh, just looking forward to it. Wasn't that nice of me, Kylie? I played quarterback. <laughs> I never got hit. I'll leave it to you and Tom to take care of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that must be nice. <laughs> Kylie fits our guest. Last one for me and we'll let you go. We appreciate all your time and I, I know you're, uh, you've are you been putting a lot of time and effort in. I, I understand the rookies are going to go to Soldier Field tomorrow for the first time. A little uh, trip. I'm sure they'll they'll dress it up and make it uh, give you a little goose bump or two. Have you, you know, some guys have never even been in an NFL stadium when they come out of college, depending on where they grew up and so forth. I, I don't know. Maybe you have, but uh, or have you've never? Some guys never been to an NFL game. So is this a big deal for you in your draft class tomorrow? And have you ever been to an NFL game? Yeah, I've been to, I've been to one NFL game when I was younger. I was a Chargers fan growing up. So I went to San Diego and went to that, and that was just a crazy experience. But now being like an NFL player now and, and going into the stadium that you're going to be playing in front of thousands and thousands of people, uh, it's going to be a surreal surreal experience for all of us, I think. And, um, yeah, definitely going to give us goosebumps, and it's going to be uh, exciting to kind of see my home for the next, uh, hopefully, a good a good amount of time. How about a decade? It sounds good? Oh, yeah. yeah sure. Impact really player good. in the sixth round. We'll be t- they'll be writing books about you, Kylie. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Kylie Fitz out of Utah, the Bears' sixth-round draft pick in the 2018 draft class. Thanks for joining us. Have a great time tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us. Kylie Fitz on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up, we'll take your phone calls. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767 here on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, our last segment of the night. We're with you until 7 o'clock. We'll hit the phones. 312-644-6767. We'll talk about Kylie Fitz in just a moment. We'll stop in Brighton Park and bring in Sonny to the program. Sonny, good evening, buddy. 
Thanks for taking my call. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, really, I, I wanted to kind of talk about Kevin White a little bit. I know he's kind of been the forgotten man with all the new additions, but um, I know even though he's, he's not getting his fifth-year option picked up, this becomes like a free agent year for him. I was wondering if you think there's even a chance that he performs well and the Bears think about signing him long-term or if that's pretty much off the books now. Well, nothing's he, off the books. Nothing's off. The nothing's books. nothing's off the books. You know, again, having a chance to go out to practice and watch Kevin White, you know, he it's really sad that he's been injured because you know he does everything really well. He runs routes well. He catches the ball very well, even if it wasn't uh, you know the perfect throw in front of his body. He's able to adjust in the air. So, you know. As a Bears fan, as someone that's really pulling for someone that's had is up against great odds, Kevin White fits the part. And the more weapons the Bears have, the better the Chicago they're going to be. So I hope the best for Kevin, and I hope he, you know, you know, excels at such a high level to the to where they drafted him for. Jim, well, I don't know if you heard his interview yesterday or any portion of it, but he he, he was very direct, very short yeah. in his answers, but you could feel his intensity and frustration about the types of questions that are asked of him at this point, but still maintaining his confidence that he's going to be a good player. Yeah, he talked about, you know, believing in himself. You know, whether anybody else believes in him, he still has belief in himself. And, hey, this blueprint has already been followed. You know, just look at last year, Kyle Fuller, right? He comes off or has the injury two years ago, uh, wasn't able to play, didn't play in whatever it was the last nine games of the year. Everybody's questioned him. The Bears don't place the fifth-year option on him. Then he comes out last year and balls out. So follow that blueprint. The The key for Kevin is, is health. I think we all know that. He's got the ability. That's why he was taken in the first round, and he's just it's been kind of happenstance with the injury. So hopefully he has a productive training camp and can parlay that into a fantastic year. And there's probably nothing the Bears would like more than to be put in the same position that they were put in with Kyle Fuller. And obviously he got rewarded with a contract to return to the Bears. I like at the owners meeting when Matt Nagy said, hey, what a great opportunity for a coaching staff to inherit a guy. Sure. First round pick has traits that he's yet to realize his potential and then make it work in this new offense. So yeah, I think it's exciting for coaches, Mike Fury, he's got he's got himself a project. And boy, you know, it's an entree into leading what I want to talk about and break down the receivers because when you look at the 13 receivers on the roster right now, and this may be the biggest overhaul in the league, not having gone through every team's roster to know it, it, it there can't be anybody in the league that has had more turnover. Kevin White, Josh Bellamy, who's the elder statesman in this group at 29, and Tanner Gentry, who played just three or four games those are the only guys in this 13 that caught passes in a bare uniform last year. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's kind of judgment day for every one of them, whether they've been here or they're new guys on the block. Because when you talk about Mitchell Trubisky, when we talk about Mark Helfrich, when we talked about the tempo in which they think as off, to generate this offense, you know, the, it, it's going to be different requirements for this group of receivers. And I think that's going to be one of the interesting things to pan out. Which guys can fit into the system and add versatility, but the ability to go up and have their job requirements, catching it up over the top of, of a, a cornerback, put, uh, adding speed to the middle of the field. Everything that's required out of a group of receivers that the Bears have been starving for for, what, three years now? Jim, yeah. who can create a double-team assignment that opens it up for somebody to win a one-on-one matchup? Well, I definitely think Allen Robinson. There you go. I mean, I mean, but you know, it's it's very competitive. But that that guy is extremely athletic. I know he's coming back from the ACL, and, and they're going to be cautious with him. But that guy has proven he can do it. He can dominate on the outside 
Um, so he can be a coverage dictator. Kevin White, he I think he has the ability to be a coverage dictator. The speed element is there when you mention, obviously, Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel added to the mix, and then Anthony Miller. You will not see. That guy is fearless going over the mix. He reminds me a lot of Keenan Allen when hmm. Keenan Allen came out of Cal. And unfortunately, Keenan's had some injuries. But last year, what was that four-game stretch he had with Rivers? He had like 1,100 1, yards in like four games. I mean, Anthony Miller is a straight-out dog. I mean, they got some attitude now and some talent on the outside at that wide receiving core. Other names to watch of keen interest, fellas? Who might they be? I've got Javon Wims, even though he's a seventh-rounder, and you know he was a leading receiver at Georgia last year because of playing in that conference. I'm yeah. going to keep an eye on that. And Benny Fowler because of his experience. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Benny. There, yeah, I just know Benny from covering him at Michigan State. There's, there's a lot to that receiver, and he's a really good blocker when it comes to opening up things in the run game and a fierce competitor. And like you said about Wims, don't sleep on him. Uh, that is an athletic player that you know had had some big years uh, there at Georgia. So you know it's a very competitive group. I definitely think they're a lot deeper, but this more important. Overall, they're just more talented at the wide receiver spot this year, and that'll give Mitchell Trubisky a chance. Each guy definitely has a role that they can, a niche that they can carve out. You, yeah, one receiver that I want to talk about because he's a running back is Jordan Howard. I think Jordan mm-hmm. Howard has got a bad rap about not being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. If you go back and you look at the times they attempted to throw him the ball last year, he wasn't the first receiver. And then when you look at the timing early when he had a couple of bad incompletions with Mike Glennon, the timing of the whole play was not according to the uh, according to the way you practice so I you know we talk about all these receivers you know you just have to make sure that you have that guy in the backfield that's going to be able to generate enough interest that's going <laughs> to give all these guys opportunities downfield so just don't go to sleep on the importance of Jordan either carrying the ball or his ability to catch it out of the backfield no, no question but uh, you know I, I was trying to break down the receiver position today, big time. No, you know no, I, mean? I understand that, Jeff. And I, again, <laughs> but you know what? Because I was talking to someone at practice, and and we were watching the players come out at the line of scrimmage and just catch passes, and how comfort, you know, how comfortably some guys do it, and other guys, it, it looks like a struggle. But I, I think when you look at the over the receiver position, it, it's going to be able to benefit from the abilities of Jordan and Tariq Cohn and Benny and all those guys in the backfield you know, to help but get the well, ball beyond the line of scrimmage. I, I think for Jordan, it's just, you know, the ability to finish, you know, and sometimes that's the last time there, you know, the last thing to come for players. You know, certainly he's young and he played right away. And like you said, the situations he's been in, and sometimes he just hasn't finished where he's taken his eye off the ball. But a big back like him, I'm with you. You know who he reminds me of when I, I see his hands? He reminds me a lot of Bam Morris. When I, we played with Bam Morris at that point, I was in Pittsburgh. He was a bigger back, and I didn't think he – we didn't think he could catch as well as what he could. And he ended up being a – you know, he dropped a lot in training camp, his first training camp, and then all of a sudden he just came on like gangbusters, and that was kind of the last thing for him was to learn how to finish and concentrate and look that ball in. And he became a very effective – for a bigger back, became a very effective receiver. Well, he wants to be. Charles London's working with him, and he's uh, catching passes throughout the day. Before practice, during practice, and after practice. And this is something he really wants to improve upon at that position. Tom, at the receiver position, so we got a lot of body types. We've touched on almost all the key people in what we feel will be a group that will get out of training camp and be your on your 53. There is toughness in this group, too. How f- important is it to the general offense and setting a tone to have physicality at the receiver position 
especially in the run game, and having these guys become very important on the edge, blocking to create what's a five-yard run after you guys get your job done up front, then becomes a 10 to 20-yard run. Well, I think the better the receivers can go out there and contribute as blockers on the exterior of the offense, the more opportunities you're going to give Mitchell Trubisky to get the ball out of his hands immediately to a guy like Taylor Gabriel, but you're going to have to have a Trey Burton or a wide receiver on that side go down there and throw blocks at the second and the third level that will result you know, will result in, in the success of the play. So I think that's always been one of the preach challenges to every receiver that's ever come in the NFL. Hey, we're we're not going to throw you the ball if you don't block on the other down. So, and I do think there's going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of judgment to how well they do it when you have such the the width of the field you can work with with all the playmakers on this football team. And even though the pads aren't on, Tom, is there no better feeling when you say you're out there in, in just uh, your helmets and you got no pads on at all, and you go through those team periods? And just you see everybody working, and sometimes you'll bake, break that big run, you know, and you'll go back in there and watch the tape, and the coaches will point it out and reinforce it. Hey, look, every guy's accounted for. You see guys hustling down the field in terms of the receivers getting their blocks down the field, and that running back sometimes goes through there clean as day, and, you know, it kind of sets the standard. Hey, guys, if you do this, and this is with pads off. There aren't even any pads on. There's no popping going on at all, but everybody has a helmet on a helmet and is outworking the defense, and you get a big run. I think it it really gives the offense a big jolt and a lot of juice in those meeting rooms, and then you kind of go out and reinforce it every time you step on the field. Just don't lower your head if you get to the second level and you got a linebacker showing up. Don't do it. I mean, uh, we – I was going to bring up some of the topics from the NFL owners meetings, but let's wait for next Thursday. That yes. needs a show of its own. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you this week on inside the bears, Pat O'Donnell and Zach Miller interview their teammates on the orange carpet at the annual bears care gala. And I sit down with Devin Hester as we look back on his illustrious career with the bears inside the bears airs Saturdays, 6 PM on CW 50 Chicago and Sundays at 10 35 on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app. I'll leave you with this, fellas, and I want you to tell me what it means because I know everybody thinks that, bam, is a new coach, a new offense, explosion. This is Matt Nagy about the offensive understanding that things take time. It, it took us five years to get to that point that we got to. That did not happen overnight. That was a That developed in time, and so – we're kind of at a pace right now where we have to, you have to at times pull back and say to yourself, okay, just remember now, we're, we're months into this thing, not years. And he's talking, of course, about Kansas City and his experience in Philadelphia. But, you know, but, that's the, you've got to be consistent about the coaches you have on the staff, and you have to continuously repeat that same message. And that's terminology to the quarterback and the same message to every one of these players' offense and defense. The better they know the system, the more efficiently they can play, and the more you can develop more aspects of your team because players understand it so well. Jim? Yeah, well, I, I agree ex- exactly what Tom said right there. I mean, you know, it's like anything else. You know, he's trying to set the, the standard right now. They're laying the foundation, and now it's about the follow-through. You know, these guys are buying in. I think uh, everybody's on board, and so we'll see how it unfolds because, they're, you know, he's mixing a match and trying to find out what guys can and cannot do and how this whole thing is, is going to come together. He's got an idea, but now the evaluations are really is kind of a fact-finding mission right now for Matt Nagy. Bells, uh, good job. The hour went fast. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Kylie Fitz. 
Bears All Access. Brought to you by IGS Energy, our director of content, Dan Barilli, coordinating producer, Jordan Treadup. Thanks, Herb Lawrence and Michael Chen on the board. For Tom and Jim, I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll talk to you next week, and thank you for listening to Bears All Access on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes, or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.